When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the program. Keep those text messages coming in. 0457 736 736. Time now to talk a bit of cricket. There's always time to talk cricket. We're doing it with Locke McCurdy from Code Sport Cricket and AFL Rider. G'day, Locke. Good afternoon, Jimmy. Good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. We're still basking in the glory of this incredible win from Sunday night. What was your... I mean, there were so many takeouts, but did you have a particular couple of takeouts? Um, the, 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 the brave decisions by the selectors, the incredible decisions by Pat Cummins, the performance of Travis Head, there was something there for everyone, Locke. Absolutely. I think you kind of use that word there, brave. I think it was the, the fact that they were willing to stick with their guns throughout the tournament, but they didn't waver from their belief that they had this philosophy that they thought would win them a World Cup, and in the end it did picking Travis Head and sticking with him, even though he was unavailable for half the tournament. I mean, you look even in the final, going in and making the decision to bowl first. Everyone yeah. looked at that and went, what are you thinking? But Pat Cummins and his bowlers did a superb job and it's paid off because they've come home with the trophy. And it's it's just been a phenomenal tournament of, of consistency after those, last, uh, those first two games against India and South Africa. Because I think it's fair to say no one saw it coming, but they had the belief that they could turn things around. Yeah. So one of the things that I made mention of the other day, Locke, was that the selectors need to get a really big pat on the back. So often we're there to say, oh, you've mm. picked the wrong guy. You haven't done this, but you have, but those things that you mentioned, like Travis head, we were saying at the time, hang on, what's he doing in Adelaide? But mm. it doesn't make sense. They stuck with Paddy Cummins when he was under pressure. They, they made the change around Josh Inglis and, and Alex Carey. They, they did all these things. It's amazing how, um, you know, Andrew McDonald and George Bailey uh, and uh, Tony Dottomade need to be applauded for what they did for throughout this campaign. Absolutely. I think the Josh Inglis one is one that'll be a bit underrated, but has to be spoken about. He goes and sets the record for the, the most dismissal, dismissals by a wicketkeeper in a World Cup final. And then while there are a couple of shaky moments when he first came into the team, he has seamlessly slotted in in that white ball side and was looking really composed behind the gloves and probably didn't have as much of an impact with the bat as he would have liked, but he still had a few important knocks. So I think just across the board, they got all those decisions right. And even picking Manus over Marcus Stoinis, that could have been a toss up. And he wasn't even in the squad, Manus. Um, And he's come in and played every game since that squad was named and has played an important role, none more so than in that final as sort of heads deputy. So yeah, it feels like they timed everything perfectly. They were playing their best cricket in the final. And yeah, this is the result they get to celebrate. Do you get the sense now with Travis Head, he's, he's at an age where you probably think his best batting might be in front of him, but he, he's very comfortable at test level now. He's, he's clearly comfortable at short form cricket as well. This could be an incredible four or five seasons that we see from Travis Head coming up, Locke. Oh, certainly. And the thing I really like about Trav is that He's someone who's had a lot of leadership and been forced to build a lot of experience very early in his career. He's obviously 
captain South Australia at a very early age. He got the vice captaincy of the Australian team at various stages. And that was all before we'd probably seen the best of him. So the fact that yep. he's been able to balance out some of that expectation and experience to really good high quality form that we're seeing now, I think it is a really exciting prospect to think what he can do in the years to come. And uh, yeah, it should be another big test summer for him against two sort of lesser sides in Pakistan and the West Indies where he can hopefully fill his boots and go again because it's going to be nonstop sort of white ball tournaments for the next few years. And he's staying in India. We talked about this yesterday. Davey Warner said, that's it, I'm out. And, you know, <laughs> I totally understand that. Steve Smith said, no, no, I'm going to I'm gonna stick around. I think you're at the airport today when Paddy Cummins and, and Josh Hazelwood came in. What do we make of this, whether we agree with the five T20s or not, that I'm, I'm really shocked that a player like Travis Head and players like Steve Smith are staying over there, knowing that the test summer's just around the corner. Well, Paddy Cummins did say today he's looking forward to seeing how Travis Head pulls up for the first game because he's expecting him to be selected. And given some of his Instagram stories, I think he's going to be maybe a little bit dusty, a little bit under <laughs> under the weather if he does play in that first game. But yeah, it, it certainly feels a strange time to kind of schedule or almost shoehorn um, these T20s into, but it's all part of the, the Future Towers program and the, the games that just have to be fit into the schedule wherever possible these days. And um, yeah, it, it's a relatively strong side. It's probably a stronger side than it needs to be, like you mentioned, but I think it'll be a great chance for a few guys who are on the fringes of, of the Aussie side. I think a, like a, a Jason Berendorf over at WA. I think a Tim David, Aaron Hardy has been flown over. Uh, Sean Abbott, who kind of, got one game in this World Cup, this will be a great chance for him to get a run on the side. So I think it really could have been a good chance for those guys to get a good run. Does Steve Smith and those sort of calibre of players need to be there? Probably not, but I'm sure they'll enjoy celebrating. And no matter if they lose this series 5-0, I don't think anything will put a, a damper on what they've achieved over the last couple of weeks. I find it really interesting with Steve Smith and speaking to people in the know, talking about is he putting himself in the shop window? Because who knows what happens down the track? Is it one year? Is it two years? When he says, okay, no more test cricket for me, but I want to be able to play in these six or eight-week tournaments around the globe and then go base yourself in, in New York City. But do you think there's a little bit of that with Steve in playing in this tournament? I think it could be some consideration when you consider the the amount of money that he's on offer, especially in the IPL. Of course, as an athlete, that's going to come into consideration. You look at what Cam Green was able to do when he kind of burst into the white ball scene in that series in India, sort of before last year's uh, IPL. Then he goes and gets three million or two two and a bit million dollars to to go and play in the IPL, which some question whether he had earned it. But that's the sort of thing that those performances can do. So. It would be a good chance for him to get some form, but I'm sure the Aussie selectors will be just as keen to him to, to be getting back in the nets with the red ball soon as well. Yeah, hard for a 22-year-old to say no to you know, 2.1 <laughs> USD, isn't it? But anyway, um, Harris Ralph has said no to Pakistan, but he said yes to the BBL. I, I think I don't think even think it's the start of it. I think we're just going to see a continuation mm. of that. Do we then, if we say, oh, that's great, he's going to play in the BBL, do we then have concerns about what this test summer might look like, especially with the way Pakistan have done over in the World Cup. I know a different format and also Baba Azam stepping back from captaincy roles for all all forms of cricket for Pakistan. Yeah, Pakistan present a really interesting uh, prospect, I think, this summer. On, on the Baba Azam one, I think personally it's maybe a, a good thing for him that he can kind of really just focus on his batting because on his day, he's one of, if not the, the best batter in the world. So you kind of hope that if he can 
relinquish that and focus on his batting that he can get back to that. But last time Pakistan were out here, their bowling was the, the major issue. We had guys who were just a bit young. They weren't able to get through. And someone like a Harris Rouse certainly might have helped. And it just feels like a lot of the pressure is going to fall on um, Shaheen Shah Afridi, the left armor, who was, uh, again, impressive in the World Cup. But in test cricket, you just can't do it all on your own. So I really hope that you can have some of those younger guys in the squads step up and help him because uh, it's probably the big or the main golfing class between the two sides and it could be really exposed in this uh, three-match test series. Does it get interesting in this test series if for the first three innings, Davey Warner doesn't get a score over 20 and he's actually said, no, no, I'm retiring at the end of the (laughs) Sydney test match. Thanks very much. Yeah, it, it could be interesting, but it feels like he's just found a, a sort of a purple patch as he comes towards the end of at least his test career. He's obviously left it a bit up in the air about he might go four more years with some cryptic posts on social media. But yes. yeah, I, I think he'll get through to the SCG. I think he's definitely earned that right as being part of not only this side for so long, but a side that won the World Test Championship, that retained the Ashes, that if it's just three tests, I think they'll let him through. If it was a five test series, maybe it'd be a different story, but I think it just fits perfectly the narrative of getting through to, to those sort of tests um, and finishing off with a, a crowning glory moment, potentially at his home ground and at the SAG. Yeah. We'll both be there. I know that lock. So mm-hmm. we'll be excited about that. Uh, getting away from the Australian performances, the international cricket council have made a ruling on transgender athletes. This is, Always a sensitive area, and and I know that there's a lot of governing bodies that have been grappling with this and and how to best um, find a solution to this, for want of a better term. Are are you happy with what the ICC have landed on? And and I think when I first heard it, I thought, oh, this seems to be to make sense, but I know that there's going to be some people somewhere that won't be happy with this outcome. I, I think the problem with having a, a blanket ban like this kind of takes out all the nuances that there are in this yeah. um, scenario that obviously every um, transgender woman who wants to play cricket is going to have a, a different scenario, a different case. And we need to personally, I think we need to be judging each case on the merits and on the, the facts um, that are presented. And you, you look at the, the first um, transgender woman to play international women's cricket was only earlier this year, Daniel McGay. Um, she played for Canada. She's Australian born, but she went and played for Canada. But in, in six T20s, she only averaged 19.66 sort of across six innings. So it, it's not like she's someone who has set the world alight, is going to become a massive star of the women's game. Um, So I just think we need to be careful with these blanket bans. I I think there's a lot of science that still needs to be kind of figured out when it comes to this. But, yeah, for the most part, I I don't think the the blanket ban seems to be the right way to go. It sounds like Cricket Australia's policy, which is taking into account sort of testosterone level testing and things like that, is going to stay in place for sort of domestic and community cricket. And I I just also think a really important part of the consideration is just how great it is for for transgender women to find themselves a a sporting club or whatever it might be, to find themselves as part of a community because they are so often ostracised. So I I do hope that we can find a way to still encourage that, especially at a community and domestic level, if it's not going to be the case at international level at least.
Yeah, well said, Locke. That's a really good way to look at it. So for those people who are wondering, the ICC have said if you have gone through puberty as a male, no matter what uh, gender you uh, mm. assign yourself with now, um, you actually can't play international cricket in, in the women. So um, that's the way it is. Uh, BBL coming up very shortly. It's a new BBL season. It's an abbreviated yeah. season. Um, I there feels to me, and we've watched a lot of WBBL in this household as well, it feels to me like there's an added excitement coming up to this BBL season um, for whatever reason, Locke. you get the same sense? I think so too. I think the 10-game the move that, that we might not have been sure about it in the first place, but now that it's here and now that we feel like it's going to be a, a more exciting com- competition condensed, that everyone goes, okay, this could really work, that we're going to see a lot of international talent here for a longer time and it should be good. We've got a couple of guys who have pulled out like the likes of Harry Brook who, who won't be here, which is yeah. a bit disappointing, but there's still a lot of excitement around what we can expect looking forward. So I really hope that uh, it, it's a good season. I think the teams are all relatively balanced in terms of squads. And yeah, we just got to hope that the, the cricket delivers on the field and we don't get any more rain in Sydney over January as we often sometimes <laughs> do. Oh, I don't know whether what's the worst thing, Locke, the rain in Sydney in January or the um, the criticism we get from Melbourneites <laughs> uh, around the rain in Sydney. But anyway, hey, Locke, always great with your time, always great with your knowledge as well, the game of cricket. Really appreciate your time today. Anytime, Jimmy. Thanks so much.